Hi, this is Roy Jones with Man Talk Radio Podcast. Our mission is to break down the walls of race and denomination. Your chosen Truth Radio broadcast will be starting in just a few seconds. Thank you. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here, now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. And we're continuing to talk about a couple different topics that uh, came up in our after hours, after hours last week, we, we get together after the show and, and share some stuff about life and, and talk about, you know, what's the topic for next week if we don't have one. And, and uh, both Andy and, and Danny had what appeared to be separate topics. And, um, Andy's was, you know, building monuments to God to remember things positively. And if that doesn't make a lot of sense, you can go back and listen to the first show and get more context on it. And then so we try to remember things because what we tend to remember are the negative things. And then Danny had an idea about, you know, we talk about breaking these agreements that we've made with the enemy, the, these things that we've believed to be the deepest truths about ourselves. but don't we need to replace those with agreements from Jesus, you know, the truths that Jesus has given us. And so we kind of merged those together and created one topic about, and really going back and looking in our life that, you know, Robbie, we, we talked about before the show, before we came on the last show, that... Every time that Jesus has come in and, and broke an agreement for us, he's given us an additional positive agreement, hasn't he? Oh, absolutely. He's given you a truth yeah. that, that you can hang on to. And in my opinion, if you ask him, he will also help you and really enjoy the monument, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get to one of my stories later. And so that's what we've been kind of talking about. And so I'll go ahead and, and go to a clip, and, and I'll start it off, and then I'll throw it to the room for the question. Um, you know, I've shared my story many times, and so I won't go through the whole depth of it, but I grew up with a, a older sister, 14 years older than me. Uh, by the time I came along and, and can remember, she already had kids, you know. Um, she, no, she was 28 years older than me. Sorry, 28 years older than me. My other sister was 14 years older than me. Um, so when I came along and can remember, she was into her thirties, you know, and what I remember her saying to me, the majority of the time is shut up. She called me motor mouth and continually remind me that I had nothing important to say that no one wanted to hear anyway. And so I grew up with that and I believe that to be a very true thing about me. And I shoved it down and didn't believe that it was anything that affected me until I went to a boot camp. <laughs> and so we started talking about these agreements and went out and, and God came after that agreement. Right. And, and for me, I don't get things the first time. I wish I could sit there and say, you know, God tells me something and man, I just remember it forever. And partly because I don't write it down, Andy, you know, like we talked about in the last show. Um, but the first time that God kind of came after that other through another person, I'd shared some of my story at a men's event here locally. And one of the guys came up and, and he knew a lot of different languages. And he said, do you realize that your name Samuel means God hears? Right, so you may think that you have nothing important to say, but God tells you through your name, God hears. He hears you. So, you know, you got the most important audience out there, right? So he hears everything that you have to say. A little bit more about my story real quickly. I wasn't born Samuel. My name was Neil Maine when I was born. Uh, my parents didn't expect a boy. When I came along, they thought I was going to be a girl. They didn't have a boy's name picked. About, I don't know, a 
few days after they got me home, they said, we wish we'd have named him Samuel. And so they just called me Sam my whole life. So I grew up being called Sam, but had the real name of Neil. And then when I got to be in my 40s, my wife said, you know, why don't you just change your name altogether? Change it to Samuel. Go back to what the, what you know your parents wanted it to be. I called my mom. She said, yeah, I'd love to, to have you do that. That would be awesome. We never could afford to do that. You know, I grew up in a family that didn't have a lot of money. And uh, so I, I went through that process. And this is all before the healing <laughs> all before any of this happened. And so, you know, I moved down to North Carolina. You know, God comes after it that way. And, you know, and it, when, when Mark told me that at that, that event, it, John Mark Fuller told me that at that event, it was really uh, amazing for my heart, but I didn't hold on to it. And then years later, I was dating a lady, and her and her daughter for my birthday made me a plaque that hangs in my office that says, says Samuel in Hebrew, and then right beside it says God hears. So every time I walk in my office, I see that, and it reminds me, and that's the monument for me that helps me hold on to the truth. But I'll go ahead and get to my clip, because this is a way that I live my life. This is the way it felt like, regardless of people were doing it, I felt like the world was telling me this all the time. And this is from uh, Austin Powers, and it's Dr. Evil and his son, Scott, and Scott's wanting to have input on things. And let's just see how Dr. Evil treats his heart. All right, zip it. You don't, you can't even zip it. Zip. Look, all ladies I'm... and gentlemen of the jury, exhibit A. Number two, would you please back Look, me up? Look, I'm zippy long stockings. Ugh, I can't. When a problem comes along, you must zip it. <laughs> zip it good. Frown, would you please? He's too high, pin the wall, me ta hi Subtitle, zip it. I'm just trying zip. to. Zip. Would you like to have the suckle of my zipper? <laughs> I want Z- you. Stop. Zip it. This is. Zip it. You know what? You're like a child. Talking. If you just one time. Zip it. It's no hassle. But I'm. All I'm saying. They're gonna get a. I. I'm just. Which. Which. Knock, knock. Who's there? Look. Let me tell you a little story about a man named. Even before you start. That was a preemptive. Just know I have a whole bag of shh with your name on it. <laughs> now, there are other people laughing here in the studio. But to me, <laughs> when I watch those movies, and yes, I have to admit, I watch those movies. And you say, well, there obviously isn't any redeeming value in Austin Powers. I couldn't. It amazed me that those clips made me laugh so hard. And the reason they did is because it felt like such truth in my life. You know, the whole world had a bag of shh with my name on it. You know, and as soon as I start to say something, I'd hear shh. Neil? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shh, Neil, be quiet now. That's really your name. You know that, right? And so as the enemy comes at my heart, and I have a great band of brothers that remind me of I have something to say. And, but as the enemy comes after my heart, I can remember that and laugh a lot more now. I can defend it at the gate because once it gets past the gate and gets into my head, gets into my heart, then it starts to feel like truth again. You know, and then I can find myself back in a really bad place of not believing that I have value, not believing that I have something important to offer. Right? And so that, that, that's my story. It is a little bit longer than what I intended. But, you know, that, that, so when I listen to that clip, yes, it makes me laugh, but it's also a wonderful reminder of that's not the way I have to live my life anymore. Robbie, what about you? <laughs> On to you now, Robbie. Shh, shh, shh. Zip it. Zip. Zip. Well, you know, one of the... You know, my life's just weird. 
<laughs> and I was in the Church of Scientology when I was younger and, you know, actually went into the Sea Organization of the Church of Scientology. In order to join the Sea Organization of the Church of Scientology, you had to sign an agreement that is an eternal agreement because they believe in past lives. And so the Sea Organization was the operating body of the Church of Scientology. And, and so you can imagine that, A, Satan loves, I mean, you're not really a Christian. You sign an agreement for eternity um, that, you know, you're really weird. It, it, I mean, all sorts of, you know, because you don't meet a lot of Scientologists just hanging around everywhere, you know. You, no. And so, you know, this was a pretty effective tool that Satan had as far as reminding me of a number of things that he wanted to get at in my experience. And, and so, you know, like is offered, you know, we can go to Jesus knowing that, I've, that there's something in here. And so I spent some time, you know, probably two or three days of, you know, four or five hours a day asking Jesus to take me into this, show me the agreements I've made, show me how to break them and, and, and establish freedom because I feel locked into this contract, even though the contract's not true. And I understand I'm a new creation and I understand all this stuff, but it doesn't necessarily work until you literally work through it. And then there's forgiveness issues and there's all sorts of things that are down inside of this mess for, for lack of a better word. And so I literally had to make the agreement that I was not in this contract for eternity. I had to break it and, and, and replace it with, you know, Christ is in me and I'm not weird. You know, I'm not weird. And, and so, because Jesus has, a, and, and I've talked before that whenever I work with Christ in something like this and the Holy Spirit and they're showing me, I literally ask him for a memorial of some kind. Can you give me something that I can kind of hold on to? We could have got a clip from Weird Science. You could have. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. So... What he gave me will make no sense to anybody but me, but what he gave me was my e-meter bag. So if, if you're a processor in Scientology, you would use a device called an e-meter, which would be when you're actually talking to somebody and auditing, you would be watching this meter to see how the processing was going. And it was really a, something that was given to me only after I reached a certain level in Scientology. It was a pretty significant thing. And it was really a cool thing. And there was lots of truth that was involved in the e-meter. But when I married Tammy, she threw all this stuff out like this is of the devil. <laughs> all my books, all my stuff, one day it was just all gone. And part of what was gone was my e-meter. And so what Jesus, I know this sounds weird, but it's me. Jesus gave me my e-meter back and, and is a memorial for this to tell me that there were a lot of things in that experience that were actually true, that I was experiencing him in lots of ways through this process. And, and so I do have a list of all these things that he's given me. And, I, and I'm in my daily prayer in, in a certain part, and I go over those 
And every single morning, if you could see the smile on my face um, as I see that e-meter, because it's just, it's just one of those things that says, okay, Ravi, at this point in time, you've lived 65 years on this, and you've been through a lot of interesting things. Jesus has it all there to be made new again. And what? Made new again? The way th- that all those things were actually meant to be, even that Sir Church of Scientology experience? Yes. Thank you, Ravi. Jim, what about you? Jim one. So there's two Jims, <laughs> so we get confused. Jim Jim G. Well, first, I want to assure Ravi that he is still weird, but I appreciate weird. Mm-hmm. Normal people are boring. He's not boring. But <laughs> no, that, that would not be a word associated with Robbie, that's for sure. The, the, uh, the one that just, and I hadn't even given it much thought, but the one that hit me sitting at the table is that I'll never accomplish things like my father did. And I've shared information about my dad before, and he was incredible. He excelled at everything he did. And it it has been a constant battle for me through life of realizing God, and, you know, God gave this to me, but I still don't really want to say that what I'm doing is what I was created for. What he did was what he was created for. But I'll still never accomplish this, 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 and this that my father did, and I won't. And I'll use that to beat myself up where the enemy will, and sometimes it's me, sometimes it's him. But that would be the big one in my life. So how do you how do you break through that and hold on to the truth that God did create you to be exactly who you are? Well, my father told me that, and he said he was proud of me because I just started seminary, uh, when and actually I was getting towards the end of it, but uh, the last three years that uh, he lived, I was there, and he told me how proud he was. And he was very quiet about his faith, but he, he even there he's accomplished things like speaking in tugs that I haven't and probably never will, and that's okay. But well, there's lots of but it was I very important. Right? I don't understand you, Jim. Well, that, that's true. <laughs> no, but that's, it was very important. That uh, and today in particular, it's amazing how my words have not come right. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy that, but uh, that's working. But it's it really was also when I went to boot camp. My biggest struggle was with the wound. I said, mm-hmm. I don't have a father wound, and this is the third revelation of a wound I received from my father. It's because I can't, and I'd never hold up to being like my father in heaven, either of them. But, (laughs) you know, we can't, we are given the righteousness of Christ, so we've got that. But I still want to be able to accomplish it on my own, and that's just one to let go of. Thank you, Jim. Now, other other Jim, Jim (laughs) B, to make it easier for our listeners, different voice, different story. So, Jim, what about you? What's an agreement that Jesus has come after and replaced with the truth? And then the second part of it is, how are you going to hold on to that, or how do you hold on to it? Wow. So, uh, uh, the agreements I've made... Let's uh, switch microphones real quick. Yeah, that one's wanting to cut out when it's in that angle. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the agreements I've made are uh, uh, many, far and wide. Um, 
I can't tell you how many uh, agreements I've made, uh, but you know, uh, Jim G and I were talking uh, at dinner uh, before we came, and I'm reminded of uh, an agreement I had made um, as I was, you know, growing up. You know, for me, my father was. I was always a problem, you know, I was never wanted around. I was always the annoyance and it left me with the impression that nobody wants to be around me unless they want something from me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so God came after me with that. Um, when, uh, I got married about five years ago, um, I thought she was crazy. I thought she had lost her mind. Uh, we, we purposely set up our, uh, wedding over Memorial Day weekend. We invited 200 people. And we knew at least half of them weren't going to come due to the distance. And we had announced it. Uh, we were supposed to announce it once. It ended up getting announced twice at the church. But I'm thinking to myself, you know, and it was funny because uh, people who wanted to bless us, the uh, lady who made our cake, you know, wanted to make a, a serving for 500. And we like, are you nuts? You know, there's not going to be close to that many people here. What are we going to do with all that cake? And so we we conceded and said, okay, if you really want to make all that cake, you know, we're not paying for it. She was blessing us at the time. Um, and then our wedding day came. And uh, I walked out onto the stage with uh, the pastor and my best man. And lo and behold, the church was packed. And I'm thinking to myself, well, these all must be here for my wife, right? But I was in shock how many people drove hundreds of miles, my friends, ex-coworkers, that, you know, came to see my wedding. And uh, long story short, they, uh, it was kind of a, almost a running joke at the uh, uh, reception. We invited everybody to the reception. They were cutting the cake squares and half and sticking them in little Dixie cups as cake shooters, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but for the monument, you know, and I, I, I never really thought about setting up a monument, but often I'm reminded of this. I actually took the video of the wedding and put it out on YouTube so I could watch it whenever I wanted to. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. And we're, we're glad to have you around. We don't get to see you often enough, but it is glad to have you here. Harold, you want to try that mic and see if it works at that angle? Maybe we'll see how that works. Yeah, we'll give it a try. There you go. It must just didn't like Jim's voice that well. Well, that's well, normal. <laughs> well, I guess my agreements go all the way back to when I was a youngster. Uh, I was short, had crooked teeth. I envied the church mouse because he was richer than me. And uh, I thought that uh, my chances of romance were limited. And then... Uh, a guy that ate at the boarding house where I worked when I was in school at Auburn tricked me into a blind date with his sister. And I was blown away when we got to the dorm to, to pick her up because out walks this beautiful woman. It's like, whoa, a blind date turns out like this. And uh, within six weeks, uh, I found in less than six weeks, I found out that she really liked me as well. In six weeks, we were engaged to be married, even though I couldn't, because the, the church mouse wouldn't give me any money, I couldn't buy her a ring. But we were engaged, 
She is my monument. Mm-hmm. Every day after 56 years of marriage back in June, uh, I see her. She makes me feel like I'm not short, which I still am. She makes me feel like I don't have crooked teeth. She told me she didn't realize I had crooked teeth. Uh, I still got those. Uh, But I am a fantastic person, not the reject that I thought I was when I was young. Thank you. Yeah, I thought you were going to say she reminds you every day, but you said it much more positively. You know, she reminds you in a good way. You know, that, uh, the, the, that is an amazing story. Andy, I wanted to ask you about your clip, if you could come up here. You had a clip that you really wanted to, to play tonight, and I wanted you to first kind of set up the clip. It's, it's a montage of clips, but then I wanted you to talk about why you wanted to play those. Okay, sure. So the clip uh, is from Remembering the Titans, and I just found out, I told the guys, uh, today it's 20 years old. Let's go ahead and flip the mic. It, it's, it only likes Harold. We'll call that Mike Susie from now on. <laughs> that's, that's Harold's wife's nickname. All right. Hello, Susie. <laughs> Good to meet you. <laughs> oh, man, that's right. So anyway, it's, it's Remembering the Titans. It is a compilation. And it basically, you know, the first part of it is, is Coach Boone takes the team uh, to Gettysburg to kind of flashback. They're having problems with racial uh, reconciliation, I guess, and, you know, it's kind of what we're dealing with today. And it was a remembrance of what happened on the purpose of Gettysburg. And then it take, shows uh, a couple teammates that ended up bonding over time, white guy and a black guy, and uh, just really is a, a, a replacement of, uh, um, of something really bad, uh, um, a m- memory of something bad, with a couple of instances of something really good that came out of it. Anybody know what this place is? This is Gettysburg. This is where they fought the Battle of Gettysburg. 50,000 men died right here on this field, fighting the same fight that we're still fighting amongst ourselves today. This green field right here, painted red, bubbling with the blood of young boys smoke and hot lead pouring right through their bodies listen to their souls man I killed my brother with malice in my heart hatred destroyed my family you listen you take a lesson from the dead if we don't come together right now on this hollow ground we too will be destroyed I don't care if you like each other or not, but you will respect each other. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll learn to play this game like men. allowed in here. Alice, are you blind? 
Don't you see the family resemblance? That's my brother. You know, I'd seen that movie many mm-hmm. times, but when you sent me the clip, it it said only Ken's allowed in here. I kept thinking, mm-hmm. who's Ken? <laughs> and then I realized, oh yeah, it's a Southern movie. It's family. That's what that means. It's not just Ken. <laughs> I mean, Ken was a doctor. I wasn't really sure about that. <laughs> on these agreements, though, Andy, you know, you're talking about mm-hmm. what's going on in society today. Yeah, right. The enemy, the enemy comes after us on the level of agreements about ourselves, yeah. agreements about others, That's right. agreements about God. You know, because right. he knows that when he can attack us at that level and he gets us to buy in yep. to anything other than the truth, even little snippets of truth, yep. rather than the deeper truth, right? Right. he knows he's going to win. Absolutely, yeah. Right. And so the, the challenge becomes of how do we hold on and find the deeper truth? Yeah. I think there's a statement, if we don't learn from history, we'll, we're destined to repeat it. And I think we're, we're there. There were some lessons learned there. There was a memorial of something positive that came out of that. Everybody loved that movie. That is a true story. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it is. It, it can be at an inv- individual level where we learn something individually about something better about ourselves, or it can be you know, there as a, uh, a group or a community that doesn't get along. But there's a lot to be learned from monuments. The monuments were the Gettysburg battlefield. The monument also is remember the Titans. It's in the name of the movie. Remember those guys that learned to get along together and love each other despite their differences. Yeah, it, it, we don't often talk about social issues. One, because we don't feel like we're qualified to. Right. But what I can talk about with confidence is the enemy hates us all universally. Right, and this is something that he really wants to come and attack is our individual perceptions of ourselves, our perceptions of God, and definitely our perceptions of others. So over the weekend, Sam had me, <laughs> you know, check out an episode of Cobra Kai because he was looking at a clip in it, and the next thing I know, you know, in order to get the backstory, you know, it was about Karate Kid and Daniel son and his buddy Johnny that they fought, but the. The overriding thing is I binge watched that as I was trying to overcome my infection based on my finger. <laughs> was it, oh my goodness, everybody in that has a good heart. You can see their good heart, but the struggle is all the, all the old records they're playing in their mind of the old things that happened when they were in high school or whatever, when they're both really good people. You know, Johnny and Daniel are really good people. If they would only listen to each other, you know, really get to know each other yeah and it's really a good thing about the the old tapes are based upon partial truths right it's when they find out the rest of the truth they start to become closer together and that happens in the show but it doesn't stay there just like life the enemy comes after it and wants to divide it and that's what he's doing to you as a person it's what he's doing to you in your marriage in your relationships in your friendships and in our community And what we need to do is anchor ourselves to Jesus and say, Jesus, how do I hold on to you and find the truth that is in you? Go to masculinejourney.org, register for the upcoming boot camp, November 12th through 15th. And you're going to love all the way. (laughs) This is the Truth Network.